1: Welcome to Warriors Off-Court, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Connor Letourneau, and today I'm joined by Warriors play-by-play announcer Bob Fitzgerald, who will be calling playoff games in the Orlando bubble. We discussed how his job in the bubble came together, and we looked ahead to what the August 20th draft lottery means for
0: Golden State. How,
1: how have you been staying sane? What have you been up to?
0: Well, I mean, managing the, the lives of my three kids, who are all off to kind of the next chapter in terms of law school, and uh, for one. And my daughter's a nurse, and uh, the youngest is at USC. So uh, handling all their three stuff. And then we did a lot of kind of revisit on Warrior things in terms of a Where Are They Now show with a number of former Warriors and a real deep dive into the We Believe season and you know tons of zoom calls and interviews and things along that line so uh, I've actually still been pretty busy even though it's definitely different in terms of electronically and um you know not traveling as much I think this is the longest I haven't been on a plane in my life basically in the last 30 years of being a broadcaster so that's actually been nice but obviously uh you know the sports world is, is very much a back seat considering to what's going on in the real world which We're normally a toy department of life, but uh, everybody's, you know, struggling and doing their very best in a very, very tough situation that's, you know, kind of for the first time in all of our lives we've had to deal with this.
1: Yeah, I feel you about that lack of travel. Um, You know, when you have a job like ours, you're on the road so much, it becomes just a part of your routine. In a weird way, I almost miss Southwest. I almost miss Marriott's just because it's just so big a part of my life at this point. Um, but you, you're going to be traveling here pretty soon. You got, uh, the invite to go call games in the bubble. Um, that's exciting. Congrats on that. Um, how, how exactly did that come about?
0: Well, I mean, the, the playoffs usually for TNT and ESPN, you know, they have their national broadcasters and Kevin Harlan and Mike Breen and those guys, but then as for the first round of the playoffs, they've. Got so many series eight series that they usually try to to grab another you know broadcaster and so in my case obviously the Warriors are not in the playoffs and um, I've been fortunate enough to be pretty successful in the league for 25 26 years and you know I knew I was going to be calling basketball this summer because I got picked again by NBC to do men's and women's basketball at the Tokyo Olympics so I was kind of geared up for a summer basketball tournament and another play-by-play role but I'm actually doing a summer basketball tournament. It just happens to be the NBA playoffs. So um, obviously, teams I'm real familiar with, and looking forward to it, and really kind of a great honor to to be picked to do national games by the league and by TNT. So um, for me, it's you know it's it's exciting, it's different, and I think everybody that's going to be involved in the Orlando bubble, um, it's something we'll really never forget in our whole lives, and it'll be a big part of. Uh, NBA history and how they finished the season and to to get to be a small part of that its so, you know really really a good deal.
1: I'm sure Warriors fans who uh wish the Warriors were in the playoffs will at least uh, appreciate hearing your voice you know having some sort of representation down there um what what's it like preparing for a trip like this this is obviously a very unique situation with the bubble I have friends and colleagues who are reporting there and it there's a lot of restrictions and a lot of things that you have to do to get ready. What, what's that process been like?
0: Well, I mean, you know because you've been on long road trips, but to me, it, it again, it, it's very akin to the Olympics in that, you know, where do you or how do you pack for 23 days? You know, that's the first thing. It's, yeah. uh, and Then in my case, it's, you know, we're not wearing ties, which is good, but in terms of suits and dress shirts and shoes like that, okay, great, that's the work part of it, and then just – uh you know how many pairs of underwear do you have in your life and how yes. many how many outfits uh, in different clothing are you bringing with you and can you send along the way so the packing is the first part um the preparation is kind of fun because you know I love the NBA and follow it pretty relentlessly so preparing for the 16 playoff teams and watching all the restart games and being aware of all the rosters and injuries and strategy and matchups and so that's that's what I do for a living so that's that's much, uh, much easier. And then uh, I think for downtime, it's like, okay, how many books am I bringing? And then what Netflix shows maybe haven't I caught up on and uh, maybe some people I need to write letters or emails to that just I haven't kept in touch with maybe at the level I should. And, you know, how do, how can I be productive kind of each and every day? I think that's kind of the goal to, you know, to look at this as one big trip and uh, you know, try to get the most out of it and obviously do a good job. Can you do laundry
1: down there? Because that would really affect your packing, right?
0: Yeah, it, it, I, I've heard mixed messages. So you know, the uh, proper preparation uh, is is you know the one one of the mottos. So I don't think you want to be running out of uh, clothing. So if uh, we can do laundry, um, then that should be okay. If not, uh, I'll still be ready to go. So. Uh, you know, th- these are one of those where in uncertainty you you uh, prepare for the uh, the uncertain and the unusual.
1: Yeah, that's, that's quite a task. I mean, with all the, the – the suits are really what – hopefully you don't need to pack too many of those because that can be – that can definitely be a pain.
0: Mix and match, Connor. Mix and match. That's what <laughs> you got to do. But Got to have a fresh shirt for every game, but uh, mix and match on the suits. What have you thought
1: about, you know, the bubble so far, just watching it from home? Um, It seems like it's been kind of a best-case scenario so far. No positive tests. It's gone pretty smoothly. What have been your overall thoughts?
0: Well, I I think that I was always of the opinion, and I'm hoping that it's been validated, and I'm knocking on something as I say it, that the NBA could be a model for how any challenge can be overcome, in that there's so many smart people with the league, and there's so many dedicated players and coaches and staff that I really felt okay here's the challenge here we've got a global health situation you've got a logistical issue you have got a social justice issue that is you know front and center in our lives how can you address and handle all of these things together and it really is such great credit to Chris Paul and Adam Silver and Michelle Roberts and all the players and coaches and staff and everyone that's been involved to show the NBA at its very best. So I look at the testing and the logistics and the level of play and the broadcasting and everything everybody's done has been so exemplary so far that all the naysayers, you know, it'll never work and this and that and the whole bit, once again, the NBA is kind of proving among all sports leagues and industries and everything that this is the way to get things done, and they've spared no expense. Health and safety is first and foremost, and I, I'm just applauding from afar and looking forward to, to do my part and and be in the bubble and you know follow all the protocols, as everybody else has so wonderfully. And we've seen tremendous basketball, and I think we're going to have – a great great you know playoff format and and tournament to crown a champion, and you compare that to other sports and other situations uh, i I think the, it just shows how special the n b a is an organization and all the people that are involved in that league.
1: I think it's definitely reinforcing that a bubble environment is not only the best but probably the only way to play competitive sports right now. Um, which is why you know college football is probably not going to happen because it's not necessarily realistic to ask college athletes to to be in a bubble or, or to be able to pull something like that off at that level. But um, it makes you wonder, like looking at next season, I, I don't think COVID is going to be completely gone by December January. It makes you wonder, you know, is this something that they could carry into the regular season in some way, shape, or form?
0: Well that'll be for decision makers way above me on the food chain you know and I right. think it's if you look at from March to August what has changed in our lives um if you know what's going to happen between August and December or August and January please let me know because uh, I don't think anybody has a great grasp on you know where we're fully headed on this um I will say that if you look at you know, pick New York as a state which, you know, underwent so much devastation and then currently has an infection rate lower than 1%. You know, there is a way for large population groups to come through this if they handle the hand-washing, masks, social distancing, and not being indoors with recirculated air, you know, around people for extended periods of time without a mask on. So I think there is we figured out several of the items that would really stop the you know the spread or likelihood i think the other thing too just in life is you don't live in a riskless society you know we didn't a year ago and we don't now and that you're going to drive your car and you're going to get on a plane and you're going to cross the street and you're going to eat 3 day old sushi or whatever like you're going to you're going to encounter risks in your life and how to mitigate that risk how to act as you know make the best decisions that you can for you and your family Uh, the more education and more awareness people really, you know, put in their daily lives and for the people that they care about, that's the best way to get through this. And um, we see people that have really made very poor decisions uh, and, you know, in some form of liberation or something that's just nuts versus really caring for yourself and your common man. And I think that, you know, the prescription for doing that is pretty obvious and, um, Does't mean people still won't get sick because this is a you know a worldwide situation, but I sure think everybody on an individual level can act as kind as possibly can to the person around them or next to them.
1: We'll have more of my conversation with Bob Fitzgerald right after the break.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's
1: been a while since the Warriors have been... In the draft lottery since 2012. So do you view this this lottery or this draft as one of the most important drafts they've had? You know, in this modern era.
0: Um, you know, yes and no. I mean, yes, you got to hit on your lottery picks. Uh, you know, and that uh, you can't come up empty with the top five pick. Is that you? You have to get a productive player. But I'll take. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Marquise Chris, Eric Paschal, Kevon Looney, Mike Mulder, Damian Lee, Jordan Poole. I'll take them right now as a team. So, if you're going to add a lottery talent to that, and then potentially some free agent opportunities, um, I love where the Warriors are, and I love where they're going and fully healthy. I think they're going to be a phenomenal team. So, the idea that, you know, a 19 or 20 year old or 21 year old is going to come in and save the day. I think that's not the case. The Warriors are very well formed right now Uh, to augment that and add another player, not only for, you know, next season, but for the next several seasons, of course, you know, that's the rarity that a quality team gets, you know, a top pick. And so I think that their pick this year and then, um, having you know the opportunity possibly for a Minnesota lottery pick the following year. Uh, I think the Warriors are, are on a good trajectory. It's going to be exciting to see how it all kind of plays out.
1: Yeah, it's an extremely unique situation that probably hasn't happened since the 97 Spurs. Um, but as you kind of touched upon, it's in some ways an ideal situation for whoever the Warriors draft because a lot of times the number one pick or a top five pick, has to come in and be a sort of savior for a dysfunctional franchise. But whoever the Warriors end up taking in October is going to be able to come in and not have the pressure of being a go-to guy. Uh, All he's going to be asked to do is come in and play rotation minutes, you know, probably not even be a starter, come off the bench, help out, you know, in in meaningful moments, and learn from Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson. I mean, if I'm Anthony Edwards, I would – be hoping to go to the Warriors because I think uh it's an ideal situation in that you can learn from those guys and then hopefully in like three or four years when those guys are retiring or at the end of their prime he he could step in and be kind of a face of the franchise caliber guy.
0: Yeah, I, I think that when you look at you know in the last dance I think gave people an idea of you know the, the Bulls dynasty If you look at the Celtics dynasties and the Laker dynasties and the Bulls dynasties and the Spurs, you know, 22-year run, um, you don't have teams, once they have that multiple trips to the finals or win championships, they usually fall off a cliff for exactly what you just said, that the core group of players get old together and collectively, and then because you have good records, you don't supplement them with younger players. So to me, for the Warriors, their prime players – are still have multiple years of of quality basketball, and you're supplementing and adding younger players. So, and with those younger players being able to come in without having to fully carry the mail, that should take a little bit of pressure off them. But I, I think that the you know the draft prognostications. You look at you know any number of the candidates, and they all look pretty talented in certain areas, and they all look like they have room to grow in others. And so, I think the Warriors with Bob Myers and, you know, Kirk Lacob and Mike Dunleavy, you know, they they have had a long time to uh, evaluate all these people and in some cases not a lot of play in terms of players that have played overseas or had very brief college careers or things like that. So, you know, it's an inexact science, but, you know, in the long haul from a Steph Curry selection to a Clay Thompson to a, a Draymond Green and then obviously with Eric Paschal, the Warriors' process of picking talent has been pretty successful. So whatever they utilize to determine who's one of the top guys, that's great. And the other thing, too, is you don't really reform a, a draft to four or five, six years down the road and say, where did we pick and what kind of value did we get? And that's where even, you know, he's been banged up but hopefully healthy. But you look at Kevon Looney, who was taken – at the end of the first round but if you redid that draft his draft today he probably is like the 12th or 13th best player out of that draft and you only see that four or five six years down the road and everybody wants to do so many things so immediately um i was laughing just as an aside we did a nice interview with antoine jameson and i remember because i worked for the warriors they drafted antoine and vince carter and oh my god vince carter is going to be incredible which he obviously had a good career you know, but Jameson's going to be terrible. Well, Antoine Jameson and Tom Chambers are like the two leading scorers in NBA history, you know, not to be in the Hall of Fame at 20,000 points or something. So uh, the test of time, That uh, you know, that's where full evaluation and kind of better perspective on a lot of things ends up happening.
1: Yeah, the it's such it's an exact science. It's actually kind of interesting when you look back at the Warriors' history in the lottery. They've only moved up in the lottery three times, and the times that they moved up uh, weren't exactly successful draft nights. Um, they ended up jumping first by 95 and getting Joe Smith with the number one pick. And not that he was a bad NBA player by any means, but he was probably more of a role guy than a, than a true standout. And he had four all-stars drafted directly after him, including – Kevin Garnett, Um, Mm -hmm. then they one year when they also – another year that they moved up was the Chris Washburn draft. We all know uh, how that went. Um, But then you look at the flip side of it, and years that they moved down in the draft, you know, a a draft lottery night that might have seemed disappointing at first ended up actually paying off. You know, they moved down, I think, six spots the year they got Chris Mullen. Uh, They moved down the year they got Jason Richardson. They also moved down the year they got Mitch Richmond. Um, so I wrote a story yesterday to basically saying that uh, this draft lottery might not be as important as people assume, partly because there isn't that Zion Williamson or that Tim Duncan caliber prospect in this draft, that, that generational guy who's going to go number one. And in drafts where there there isn't the obvious number one pick, you know, it's, it's so much more fluid and, and, and it doesn't really matter quite as much. If you remember in 2013, uh, Anthony Bennett was taken number one. That was also the same draft that a guy named Giannis was taken at 15 by the Bucks, and a guy named Rudy Gobert, a two-time defensive player of the year was taken in the late 20s by the Jets.
0: Well, I think that you just, you just beat me to the punch on that is when Giannis was taken there wasn't. Hey, in a couple of years, this guy's be one of the top two or three players in the league. You know, and so when Steph was taken, it wasn't. You know, hey, this guy's going to be a two-time MVP and lead a team to three championships. And you know, hey, when Clay was taken, this guy's going to be you know one of the greatest shooters of all time. Like, you, you just you don't have, uh, particularly now that guys don't play four years in college and you have the full evaluation you know, even where Harden was drafted, you know, which was early, and obviously LeBron was number one, you're going to get that occasionally where you get kind of the can't miss people. But otherwise you're throwing darts. And so that dart can be Anthony Bennett, that dart can be Giannis and And so that's that's really why, you know, if the Warriors had no other talent or were struggling, then oh my you know, whoever that lottery player is becomes everything. But you still have Steph and Clay and Wiggins and Draymond, you know, with Chris and Pascal and Looney and so many other players that uh, I think the Warriors are going to be just fine in terms of being one of the real quality teams in the league.
1: Yeah, I I don't really envy Bob Myers right now, though, because you have to make this important of a decision uh, when you don't, you weren't able to bring guys in for workouts. You know, you're relying on Zoom interviews, which is a little bit different than actually having an in-person interview. Uh, You you didn't have the NCAA tournament to watch. You didn't have the NIT. You didn't have the Portsmouth Invitational. Um, So they're going to have to go off much less information than they normally would have to make this decision now. The obvious fact of the matter being that every other team is dealing with the same situation, so at least it's an even playing field. But, you know, that's not ideal <laughs> if you're Bob, for sure.
0: Yeah, the only thing is, though, I mean, we're we're having this conversation in August, and with the draft in October, um, you may have something creative where the league says, let's get 20 prospects somewhere, and, you know, everybody tests negative, and they're there for two days, and you can get the, the height, weight measurements, and maybe run them through some drills and things like that. You, you may have some form of combine. You might not. I'm just kind of, you know, spitballing my own opinion here, but um I would think the prospects would want that to to be drafted as high as they possibly can. I think the teams would want that to for better evaluation. So, um again, because things seem to change, you know, month by month, week by week and you know the circumstances in our society are changing, you know, you may have some type of situation before the draft in October where the league and, you know, a lot of the agents get together and say, "Hey, let's do a Let's do a little two-day draft, you know, mini-quarantine bubble thing and and see if that makes sense. Now, it may not. um, It may not, you know, and health and safety will kind of dictate that. But that may be an opportunity. I I don't know that uh, that has all been fully decided. And I think that once the season is done, that's when you'll see the league, you know, look forward to draft and and next season and things like that. But right now they're focusing so much on, on finishing off, you know, this whole playoff tournament.
1: With the timing of everything, with the bubble happening right now and uh, the draft and free agency not till October, do you think it's a situation where Bob Myers or other people in the Warriors front office could watch how these playoffs unfold and, and what ends up happening could end up? playing into their decision-making come October, you know? like let's Oh, say. for
0: sure, for you sure. I mean, if you – because when you're looking at filling out your roster and you're looking at free agents and you're looking at potential trades or other transactions, um, the more info and intel that you get, you're, you're definitely – you know, I'll give you – this is not somebody maybe the Warriors would be interested in, but I'll just give you an example. If you and I are sitting around having a beer, we had one opinion of T.J. Warren, right? Then you watch him play in this bubble situation, and maybe your opinion is very different after that, because yeah. <laughs> he's playing out of his mind, you know. Yeah. And and the same thing with a lot of the the younger Brooklyn Nets, and the same thing with you know guys for Miami, and the the amazing um, kind of play of a fully healthy Portland team. So clearly, getting to watch more people play basketball and and watch them, you know. It, particularly in a pressure situation in the playoffs, that's going to give you, you know, way more info or intel on who you might want to acquire or be interested in or things of that nature. So, yeah, I think that I think the whole league is kind of riveted to these games. To be honest, I think if you love the NBA and you're in the NBA, you're, you're watching everything here.
1: <laughs> definitely, definitely, uh, Bob. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm really looking forward to listening to your calls. It'll kind of feel like we're we're almost back in Warriors season a little bit. You know, the Warriors aren't playing, but at least we can you do your thing. Um, you know, it was awesome talking to you, and I, I hope you have a good time in Orlando.
0: Well, thanks so much, Connor. I mean, it is something where, you know, everybody involved with the Warriors, and obviously you're one of them, where you miss seeing those people, interacting with people, being around people, and you miss the fans, and you miss talking about the Warriors and seeing this team play. So um, that's first and foremost, but – also, loving the league and loving the NBA. Uh, these playoffs should be pretty spectacular, so getting a, you know, a chance to be involved in that really is, is pretty terrific. So uh, I, I share your sentiments, man, I, I look forward to seeing you, and anytime you need me, just give me a buzz.
1: Our thanks to Bob Fitzgerald for joining me on the podcast. It's always a lot of fun talking Warriors with him. Warriors Off Court is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Support Warriors Off Court in the newsroom that creates it by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com pot.